I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. There is a place just for you. A place that embraces the promise of a warm spring night and a reminder to hurry home on a cool autumn evening. It is a place that exists above and below, where the surreal and sublime dance cheek to cheek. This is a place just for you to sit back and enjoy. Beautiful tales for the disenchanted. Our tale tonight is entitled The Ultimate, Chapter 29. Once again, night came early to Melbourne. There were no creeping shadows that suggested the day was about to end. Instead, young children throughout the suburbs discovered to their dismay that bed time was now just around the corner as the lamps flickered to life on the darkened streets. For those unfortunate to still be out, the wind had picked up with enough force to cut through the fabric of most jackets, men and women swearing to themselves as they picked up their pace to their destination. Inside Robert's home, his super friends gathered in the lounge room, while a bemused Alfred looked on, perched lazily on the armchair. I know we've gone over the plans, but I still don't know who gets to say Avengers Assemble. Nice one, Damien, Kylie says, punching Damien on the arm. Now we know for a fact who the biggest dork is here. You say that as if it's a bad thing. Who said I was having a go? Robert watches Damien and Kylie banter, and for a moment he forgets about his worries. He doesn't really know where everyone is with their various situations, but the two youngsters appear to be amicable at worst. He feels relieved. He knows he's asking a lot of his friends. He probably should have gone to the police, but there's something about Kirk, something he can't quite put his finger on that makes Robert want to avoid any authority. He makes eye contact with Wendy, dressed in denim jeans and a black t-shirt that says, I heart magic dirt, and nods. 
She was brutally honest on the phone earlier in the day, but Robert wasn't offended. That's why you're friends with Wendy. She gets straight to the point without any faffing about. I remember when you used to be cool, she says. I was never cool, Wendy, says Robert. That was my big secret. Aren't you cold? Are you kidding? You've got your heating up so high, I thought I was going through an early menopause. From the side, Greg and Erica walk over to Robert and Wendy. Were we all meant to be dressed in black, says Greg? We're feeling a bit out of the loop, adds Erica. Robert looks over at Damien and Kylie and clocks they're both dressed in complete black. So is Anissa, which is quite the shock. Robin and Wendy are dressed in black tops, but both wear blue jeans. What else would you respect from two ageing musicians who came to prominence in the 90s? Meanwhile, Erica has arrived in light blue jeans, a white t-shirt, and a New York Yankees baseball cap, while Greg wears a red t-shirt with the flash emblem on it, the jagged yellow lightning bolt barely contained within a white circle. I have to be honest, I've never seen our staff in all black before, Robert says. I think they're taking this whole situation more seriously than us, says Greg. Or not seriously at all, says Erica. By the way, how warm is your place? Wendy was just saying that, Robert replies. Should I turn it down? Nah, it just makes me feel like I'm going through menopause. Robert looks at Wendy and raises his eyebrows. I like her, says Wendy. I like her too, Robert says. Okay, we should go over this plan one more time, don't you think? I still think we should go to the police, says Wendy. She's got a point. It might be the most sensible move, especially if things turn violent and Robert would hate to think that his actions or inactions caused anyone to be hurt. Yet he didn't feel the threat of violence from Kirk. Robert felt something else for Kirk, but for the life of him, he couldn't put his finger on the correct word. I agree, Wendy, but let's just try this and if it goes pear-shaped, we call the cops. Come and grab a drink and then let's go over this one more time, Robert says as he walks over to his kitchen. He opens the fridge and hands drinks to his friends, ranging from a bottle of beer for Wendy and Kylie, red wine for Anissa and Greg, and bottles of water for everyone else. Erica takes one of the bottles from Robert and gives him a wink as she walks back into the lounge room. He watches as she sits down in the armchair while placing Alfred on her lap, barely awake and oblivious to the potential drama that surrounds him. Robert leaves the kitchen area and walks into the middle of his lounge room, watching Kylie and Anissa pouring over the cover to the Dead Fingers Tapping album. He wonders what they're saying to each other and then instantly hopes they don't tell him. Kylie looks at him and smiles. She's going to say what she's thinking, much to Robert's chagrin. Robbie, you look kind of hot in that photo, she says. Thank you. In fact, I was bored shitless. I hated photo shoots. Can we put this on later, Anissa says. Sure, after we deal with this Kirk guy, says Robert. Now, first of all, thanks for helping out today. I agree with Wendy that it is probably not the best idea and we should go to the police, but I just want to deal with this as quickly and quietly as possible. I don't think this guy is violent in any way, but he is quite clearly on the delusional side. So the objective here is to placate him and in turn take him somewhere that can help, which is shit. What are we taking to, Greg? I've been in touch with Alfred Mental Health Service and Robin and I can take him there in my car once we have him sorted out, Greg says. Right, so when he turns up, or if he turns up, the idea is that you're the team I put together to help him find this song thingy. Then we'll talk him through our so-called plan and slowly segue into the fact that he needs some help and we're going to help him achieve that. Now, Wendy, you're the grown-up here. First time for everything, says Wendy. So it looks like shit is going sideways... You ring the police. I don't think it will come to that, but best to be ready. Why is that, Robbie? Is there a possibility that it might get aggressive, says Anissa? 
No, not at all. Robert doesn't think that it will. And if he could just land on the word that has been bugging him, the word that sums up why he feels they're going to be safe around this guy, he can sum it up for everyone. It's not genuine. It's not honest. It begins with an S. What is it? Ah, here it is. Because there's something very sincere about him, even when he's talking crazy. It's in his eyes, the way his voice resonates, the cadence with which he speaks. It's in the way that he holds himself too. He's a big guy, but he's very relaxed, like he doesn't have to prove anything. I think he needs help, but I feel strongly that he won't hurt any of us. I promise you that. Well, it isn't quite up there with Braveheart level of inspiration, but at least Robert feels he was as articulate as he could be. Double points for finally remembering the word sincere too. He looks at his phone and checks the time. Seven o'clock. It's been dark for a while now. Surely he's on his... As if on cue, there's a knock at the door. Nobody moves. In fact, the humour in the room appears to have evaporated immediately. Everyone exchanges looks, uncertain of what to do next. Robert knows that everybody is here to help him, but now it all feels so real. Right. Everyone, try to relax. We've got this, says Robert. He walks out of the lounge room, down the passage to the front door. He takes a deep breath, gathers himself, and opens the door. There's nobody there. He looks about the veranda, but he can't see anyone. Did he imagine the knock? No, everybody reacted. It had to have happened. Besides, the security light is on, so there must have been someone here a second ago. He closes the door, his adrenaline pumping so strongly he can feel his head begin to throb. He walks back to the lounge room. False alarm everywhere! Robert doesn't finish his sentence because he's too busy being frightened. Standing in the lounge room, behind everyone, is Kirk Allen. Everyone follows Robert's gaze and turn around. One by one, they react in their own way. Little jumps and shuffles backwards. Fuck me, says Kylie. Most people think I can't cope with bad language, but did you know that swearing is often a sign of high intelligence, says Kirk to Kylie as he puts out his hand to shake hers, his battered overcoat stretched across his broad shoulders. I'm ultimate man, but you can call me Kirk. How did you get in, says Robert, wishing his voice was just a tad deeper in this scenario. It isn't the best look when your leader suddenly sounds like a squeaky cartoon mouse. I flew in, like last time. Everyone looks at one another, suddenly very aware of the level of their predicament. Did you ring the doorbell, says Wendy, her hand slipping into her jean pocket, feeling the smooth case of her phone. She's already preparing to call the police. Wendy knew it was a possibility, but now seeing the guy in front of her, she's overwhelmed at just how big he is. I did, but I could hear you all whispering, so I came in through the sliding door to the bedroom upstairs. Robert makes a mental note to start locking the upstairs sliding door. How did you hear us whispering, says Greg. With my ultimate hearing, says Kirk, a big smile across his face, like he'd just said something that makes sense to ordinary people. Wendy and Erica exchange a look. They've both gone from finding this amusing to knowing the potential for this to go wrong. You must be Damien, says Kirk, walking over and placing one massive mitt on his shoulder. I'm sorry about how weird I was in the store. I was having trouble assimilating with your universe. Uh, no problem, Damien says, uncertain if he should feel scared with the big man's hand on his shoulder, or weirdly thrilled that this crazy man knows who he is. 
Kirk looks around at everyone and takes them in, a big strong smile across his face. In turn, everyone gets an opportunity to look at this giant homeless man with his chiseled jawline and blue eyes. His hair is black and his thick eyebrows give his face a sharp, defining look. He takes off his jacket and reveals an old faded purple jumper and what must be the biggest pair of dirty brown cargo pants ever sewn. His big black shoes are held together with gaffer tape. Kirk is, to put it mildly, quite the unit. So I see you've put together a team to help us, Kirk says. He changes his attention to Kylie, who feels herself shrinking as he moves closer. Annoyed at herself, Kylie regathers and stands upright. When Kirk puts out his hand, she stares at it for a moment, uncertain of what to do next. Kylie looks up at his face and slowly puts her hand out so he can shake it. Quite the grip, he says. Ah, thanks, she replies. Damien looks at her with a look of astonishment on his face. This might be the first time he's ever seen Kylie in a situation where she hasn't cracked wise. Kirk moves through the lounge room, shaking hands like a politician working the room, and eventually walks over to Robert, placing a hand on his shoulder. To everyone in the room, they look like old friends. Thank you for helping us in this quest, Kirk says, immediately taking charge. I know it must be difficult to comprehend what is happening, but trust me when I say there will be a lot of people wanting us to succeed. Do you mean, when you say a lot of people, do you mean in this world, says Anissa? Kirk looks at Anissa, and for a moment she feels a calmness envelop her that she hasn't quite experienced before. A few more people than that, Anissa. I don't read comics. Wendy says slightly too loudly. But I can see in your heart that you're brave and loyal, says Kirk. The very same qualities my friend has here. I can see why he trusts you. Thank you, Wendy. Also, you can take your hand off your phone. There will be no need to call anyone, especially the police. Wendy immediately lets her phone slip between her fingers and removes her hand from her front pocket. She looks at Robert, who tries to smile. This is getting out of hand very quickly. Their plan is falling apart. It's like... None of them can overcome his proper superpower, which is his ultimate charisma. Robert tries to think through what he can do to get this back on track. Um, so, uh, Kirk, what's the plan that you have in mind for us? Says Robert, desperately attempting to ad-lib his way out of this situation. Wendy was right. She was always right. Why didn't he just call the goddamn police? I'm certain I found where the song is embedded. It's trapped in a place you people call the Melbourne Museum. Next to the IMAX, says Erica in a low voice to Robert. He understands immediately why Erica is bringing this up. Is your sister working tonight? No, only... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Weekdays, some Saturdays. 
Robert relaxes. He has no idea where this is going, but at least he knows that Jemima won't be anywhere near where this situation might play out. Robert is beginning to feel more stress, even though Ultimate Man appears to be very much at ease. Not Ultimate Man, Kirk. His name is Kirk Allen. He can't be thinking of him as Ultimate Man. Then he's just feeding this insanity. It is fascinating to watch him talk to everyone in the room, though. Kirk really does win everyone over. The way he looks at them, his eyes piercing whatever facade we all hold up to the world. Robert looks over at Greg, who he's certain hasn't closed his mouth since Ultimate Man arrived. Shit, Kirk. Kirk Allen. Normally I would fly over, slip into the museum, find the song and be on my way, says Kirk. But my powers are fading in this world. I have to find the song and save enough energy to use the eclipse to return us to our universe. To your universe, says Kylie. With Robbie, says Anissa. Yes, says Kirk. His eyes suddenly sad, full of empathy for these people he's just met. I know how sad it will be for you to say goodbye to Robert, but we need the Huntsman to return to his place alongside the greatest heroes the multiverse has ever seen. The Huntsman, Erica says to herself. That sounds... Now everyone begins shifting back and forth, exchanging looks, murmuring to each other. They're not very comfortable with whatever this means. This man, Mountain, is clearly delusional. Robert can tell that Kirk's statement they'll be going away possibly means something terrible is going to happen to their friend. He looks around and decides to take action. Hey, Ultimate Man, can we talk up in my room? Of course, says Kirk. Both men look at each other, waiting for the other to move. Robert wants to say something to everyone without Kirk being in the room. Unfortunately, it appears that one of his many superpowers is the power of politeness. Robert walks towards the kitchen, raising his eyebrows at Greg as he walks past him. Greg looks back, his eyes wide, one hand scratching his ginger beard, his mouth still open. Robert hopes his school friend understands the raising of the eyebrows, a hidden message that says if he can get Kirk upstairs, then everyone can regroup and get their plan back on track. It is probably time for Wendy to call the police. This is the best plan of attack. Kirk might be a weirdo, but he's a charismatic, handsome, polite weirdo, which somehow makes it harder to talk sensibly. Robert feels like he's underestimated how badly this could play out for everyone. Hey, I thought we should talk up here, you know, as professionals, says Robert as he enters his bedroom. Professionals? Jesus, that's a bit on the nose, but what else could he say? As one superhero to another, wasn't going to cut it either. Kirk follows closely behind, ducking his large frame to enter through the doorway. It's a good idea. To be honest with you, they all seem so real, he says. What do you mean, Robert says. Sorry, Kirk says, shaking his head. I forget how long you've been down here. What I mean is they feel like real people. I've never encountered a life trap like this before. It's almost flawless. I've been exploring this shadow world as best as I can, and it's incredibly dense, layered all the way down into the quantum universe. The frail are a mighty adversary to create such a place to hide the tune that can unravel their attack. I can't help but shake my head in amazement. If only they use their knowledge for good! Robert watches Kirk walking back and forth in his bedroom like a panther locked in a cage that is too small for him. Hopefully, Wendy is calling the police. Robert feels mortified that he's allowed an insane man to enter his home twice, and this time he's invited his friends to partake in the delusion. Just before the band broke up, Nico had yelled at Robert that he was divorced from reality. For years, he thought Nico meant that he didn't understand how normal people lived, how normal people survived in the day-to-day of life. That wasn't true. 
He never forgot how most people lived day to day, week to week, pay packet to pay packet. Robert always knew that when it came to money, he was privileged, regardless of the trauma of losing his family at a young age. Now he wonders if Nico meant he was abnormal in his approach to life, that a normal person would have called the cops, waited for this guy to come back, had him arrested, and would now be at the pub telling all their friends what had just gone down. Nah, Nico didn't mean it that way. He wasn't that smart. This was the guy who thought their hit single, Every Time the Rain Appears, was a love song, when in fact it was a song about dealing with grief. What an arsehole. Look, Kirk, I know we don't really know each other, but can I be honest with you, says Robert. Of course, says Kirk, his eyes narrowing as he prepares for Robert's next words. This, this, all of it, everything you're saying to me, you're saying this is a life trap, right? Yes. Robert wipes his hand over his mouth, weighing his words carefully. He decides to sit on one side of his bed and motions for Kirk to sit on the other side. Robert smooths out the quilt and pushes the pillows up to the bed head. His room is a mess. Cupboards open, loose clothes on the floor. Everything is a mess. And you're also saying my friends aren't real. Kirk looks at Robert and nods. I see what you're saying. Let me explain. For them, this is real. This is where they live. This is where they experience their version of life. But for us, they're shadows. They're information. Words on a page in a book that is designed to hide a song. A vibration that can set the rest of the multiverse free. They're part of the trap. That's why you're still down here. You've gone so deep that you've forgotten who you are. It's why Calliope was rejected. She was still very much herself on some fundamental level, and this place couldn't contend with that, so it expelled her, leaving you here alone. I understand why you're lost. This place is so much like ours, but it's full of despair, full of anger. It's designed to make you lose impetus. I've only been here for a short time compared to you, but already I can feel the dread and anxiety that everyone experiences attaching itself to me like parasites. This world is so drab. They don't even have superheroes. They have comics instead, says Robert. He's uncertain where he should go with this conversation. He's just hoping he can bring some facts that might shake Kirk out of his delusion. They do! It's one of the flaws of the frail. They don't realise, even in a place like this, that the inhabitants will fill that void, that they deserve something more. It is quite extraordinary how the idea of heroes will flourish, even in a place like this. Robert can't cope. This is all the wish fulfilment of a man who has quite clearly gone around the bend. It's time to wrap this up. Robert is certain that Wendy would have called someone by now. She wouldn't have any patience for any of this. Kirk... Ultimate man, says Robert gently and carefully, I'm finding this all very hard to believe. I can't buy into any of this. I'm sorry. I think you need help. Let me help you. Kirk stands up, his shoulders broadening, a serious look crossing his face. Robert also stands, uncertain what to do next. He inches slightly back towards the door. Maybe he should jump out, close the door and call for everyone to help. Would that work? Kirk would probably leave through the slide door anyway, back down the ladder he must have used to get into the balcony again. Where was he getting the ladder from, though? Robert didn't own one. Was it possible the next-door neighbours had one that was accessible? I understand, he says. I don't want to do this. Every last vestige of power I have is needed to escape this world. But I can show you. I can show you the trap. I can reveal your friends, your true love. They're all waiting for you to return. But I must warn you, once I reveal to you the true secret of the universe, you will be rejected from this world immediately. What do you mean I'll be rejected from this world, says Robert. He takes another step backward. He's definitely going to trap him in the bedroom, and if the guy breaks his neck thinking he can fly from his balcony, then that isn't his problem. 
You will experience what happened to Calliope, says Kirk. I don't know any Calliope. She had a different name down here. And what happened to her? In our world, she is whole again. But down here, she died. Kirk walks around the bed towards Robert, who takes another step backwards, his body perfectly framed by the doorway. Kirk is one step away from the door, and Robert thinks he can grab the door handle and pull it shut in time. He has to be careful, though. Who knows how quick this guy is? Please, I'm on your side, says Kirk. Do you remember that Calliope disappeared into this world first, before we knew what we were dealing with? It was you who first hypothesised that this felt different, that she was much deeper than we could comprehend. When the frail first attacked, it was through the words. Remember when all the words apart from one disappeared in Dante's Divine Comedy? It was Calliope, right? says Robert softly, his mouth feeling dry with nerves. Exactly. Even through the power of the frail, she was sending us a message, and then you came down here to help bring her back. Robert surreptitiously places his hand on the door handle, attempting to peer as if he's just leaning in a relaxed way. He doesn't feel relaxed at all. In fact, the adrenaline that races through his body is making it difficult to stand still. He does know that while Kirk is talking, this will be the moment to act. So you think we can still save the world, says Robert. We can save the multiverse, Kirk corrects. And in yours, I mean our world, what does this trap look like? Kirk looks at Robert's hand. He knows what is going to happen next. It's a book, a book without an ending. It is writing itself at the moment, and if we don't escape before the end, then all hope is lost. Robert feels sweat dribble down the back of his neck. His fingers are also wet. The door handle slippery to touch. If he's going to act, it has to be now. Robert quickly steps back in the passage and pulls the door closed behind him. But Kirk moves quickly and squeezes part of him in between the door and the frame. Robert holds the door handle as tightly as possible and with one kick manages to knock Kirk over so the door can finally shut properly. From behind, Robert hears Greg and Wendy run up the stairs. What the fuck is happening, says Wendy. Have you called the police, Wendy? If not, do it now. What are you doing? Greg says, standing alongside his friend. He's crazy. I'm sorry for bringing you all here. He's a fruit loop. I've been trying to call for the last few minutes, but I'm not getting any signal, says Wendy. None of us are. Fuck me, are you serious? Says Robert, beginning to panic. He fears if this homeless man gets out and attacks him, then everyone is in trouble. He looks down the stairs to see Erica and the Ultimate Comics crew all staring up at him. Is he blocking us? Says Damien. That's impossible, says Anissa. A nearby tower must be down. I just tried on the street, Robbie. Got nothing, says Kylie. Jesus, I don't know how much longer I can keep him in there, says Robert, covered in sweat. His friends make their way up the stairs and gather about him, looking at the door handle, wondering how they can help, but knowing there is nothing they can do. Everyone looks at one another, a sense of impotency shared amongst them. Hey, is he still holding on to the door, says Erica? Robert looks at her as if she's insane for a moment and then notices that there doesn't appear to be any pressure on the door. Robert slowly unpeels his fingers from the door handle and stands back. He suddenly realises how quiet everything has become. Is Kirk attempting to lull him into a false sense of security? Robert looks to Greg who shrugs his shoulders. Robert waits to see if the door will fling open. Nothing happens. He looks to his friends and clears his throats. Hey mate, says Robert. Are you okay in there? Still nothing. Should we go in, says Anissa. Um, you stay here, says Robert. If he attacks me and something bad happens, remember, I'm leaving everything to Alfred. Robert carefully opens the door, gently pushes it inwards and prepares for the worst. There is nobody inside. Robert walks in and opens the sliding door, stepping out onto the balcony so he can look over the edge. There are no signs of anyone having been there. Kylie, says Damien, running back down the stairs. 
Robert runs back inside and follows everyone down and out onto the street. Carly's holding her phone up to the sky. A misty rain begins to sprinkle tiny kisses on their faces. Coverage is back, she says, looking at her phone. What just happened in there? I don't know, says Robert, but he's gone. Thank you for joining us. You're always welcome here. Remember to avoid danger with strangers and never accept advice from mice. We hope to see you again here soon. Until then. <laughs>